Welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. Maximize your leadership potential and professional advancement and be inspired. We're delighted to be your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development from a women in business perspective. We share our original research, explore industry and workforce trends, and interview female executives, allies, and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things women in business, leadership challenges, talent management, organizational development, change management, and diversity and inclusion. Welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. In this WBIL podcast episode, we talk with Cami Ball about the challenges and benefits you face as a working woman and mother. Cammie Ball, welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It is a pleasure to be with you. Uh, you're joining Angela Schill and myself. We're co-hosting this episode, and today we're going to be talking about the challenges and benefits you face as a working woman and mother. Now, I'm obviously not a working woman or mother. I do have a wife who's a working woman and mother, uh, and I know both of you are working women and mothers, and uh, it'll be really fun to have this conversation. I think I will chime in from time to time, probably trying to channel the experiences of my wife <laughs> to add to the conversation, but it'll be a lot of fun. As we get started, I wanted to share Cammie's bio with everybody. Cammie Ball grew up in a small town of Afton, Wyoming. She attended Utah State University, where she received a bachelor's of science degree in accounting. She then attended the University of Washington in Seattle to earn her master's of professional accounting, specializing in taxation. After graduation, she began her professional career with Ernst & Young's tax practice in Seattle. She has spent the last 22 years working in various roles in the field of accounting. 12 of those years were spent with Ernst & Young in their global compliance and reporting tax group, starting as a staff and leaving as a senior manager, two years as a tax director at DaVita Healthcare, a public Fortune 500 company, five years at UVU as an accountant, adjunct instructor, professional in residence, and dean's executive in residence in the accounting department, teaching intro accounting classes, undergraduate and graduate tax courses, and overseeing the volunteer income tax assistant program, the VITA program. After teaching at UVU, she went to work as a partner at an outsourced accounting startup and then moved on to her current role as a controller at Advice Media LLC, a digital marketing company located in Lehigh. She's married and has three boys, two dogs, and a cat. She likes to travel, read, relax at the beach, and watch movies in her free time. Wonderful background. Thank you again so much for joining us. Anything else you would like to share by way of highlight or high level before we dive on into the conversation? Nope, that's me in a nutshell. A lot of work and a little bit of free time and a lot of a lot of boys in my house. Luckily, my two dogs are girls because that's the only girls I could control. But the rest of it, I'm just surrounded by boys. <laughs> and, and for me, it was the opposite. Um, my four, I have six children. My first four were girls. 
So it was my wife, my four girls and I, I never thought I would have a boy. I didn't even, you know, I, I kind of thought at that point it wasn't even in the cards at all. Um, so eventually we got a boy dog and that was it. <laughs> and then eventually I got two boys tailing at the end. Yeah. Got to control what you can control. It's funny because I have one daughter, three boys, and then the, the dog of course had to be a girl so that we have a little bit more control in the girl arena too. <laughs> yep, exactly. But no, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited for the discussion today. It's, it's definitely a topic that is very uh, important to me and something, you know, that I, I want to make sure all of anyone listening gets some benefit from it, but especially those aspiring women and girls that, that are starting their professional careers. Well, thank you. And, and my first question to you is just asking, what are some of the challenges that you face being over the past 20 years? I hear what you've done. It's a lot. And I imagine that that would create an environment where a lot of challenges would surface for a variety of reasons, but what are some of those that you've been through or faced? Yes. Yeah. So, um, I want to start off a little bit from when I was, I was younger and kind of where my desire to be in the professional working world came from. Um, so I think that's helps people understand my viewpoint, but my mom worked my whole life. My dad worked, he owned a small business in a very small town, um, but she didn't necessarily work because she wanted to, she worked because she had to, but I grew up from the time I was little, um, you know, until, and until she passed away last year, um, she worked most of her life. And I watched her work and my parents didn't have the greatest relationship. And her, her words of wisdom to me were always like, Hey, you never know what's going to happen in your life. You should always be able to take care of yourself and any children that you might have, you know, so it was, it's kind of coming from a negative place of her, her cheerleading me to, to be a working woman. Um, but I watched her work and I just always knew from a young age that, that I wanted to work and I wanted to do something professional. Um, and so I remember I actually in college had to write an essay for one of my English classes and the topic that I picked was the benefits of working mothers on children. And I did an entire research project about that and got a really good grade on it. Um, but I think I, it just was, and I grew up, you know, in a predominantly, uh, LDS Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints town and I went to Utah State and so there's definitely that prevalent um religious idea that a lot of working you know or a lot of women stay home and take care of the kids and so I, I fought against that from a very you know very young age especially in college that was a, a weird topic for me to be to be talking about um but as soon as I got up into my first professional job at Ernst & Young, that was not in Utah, that was in Seattle. And it was very, very common. Like our, our graduating class was 50-50 male and female. Everybody went to work. It started off great. I had a lot of opportunities. Some of the benefits that I've seen. So some of the challenges I didn't experience right off the bat until I moved back to Utah. So at some point in my career, I moved back to Utah and was hit with that cultural um, issue, you know, in Utah. And probably one of the biggest challenges I had when I was here at Ernst & Young is I had a partner 
that brought me into his office and sat me down and said, hey, I just went to a big partner meeting and there was, you know, a speaker there that said something that I just thought was, it really opened my eyes and I wanted to share it with you. And I was like, oh, great, what? And he said, well, she asked everybody in the audience, how many of us partners, if we had to go on a business trip with a female colleague or a colleague of the opposite sex, how many of us, our spouses would have an issue with that? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, where are you going with this? And, and he's like, I realized, you know, my, my spouse has an issue with that. And it was right at that moment was the first time I felt the glass ceiling because of gender. Right. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get promoted. Right. Cause he isn't going to take me on the same business meetings that he's going to take my male colleague. He's not going to let me go on the same trips. He's not going to, you know, there's going to be an issue with him giving me those same opportunities as he does with the, his male, my male counterpart. And I was really disappointed. And it was the first time when I really felt that. So the way I dealt with that is I was like, okay, I kind of accepted it. I didn't push against it. And I just said, I need to get out of here. So I went back to Seattle, you know, and that glass ceiling felt kind of lifted. I've, I've been in Utah quite a few years of my career, and it's just always there. I've been in so many meetings where I'm the only female sitting at the table, um, you know, I'm the one expected that when the food is all done or the food needs to get ordered, you know, it's just kind of the women will take care of it. Um, you know, so I just, I don't know. I just have kind of accepted it and just like, I, I don't care. But I will say that on the opposite side, I feel like in the last 10 years or so, being a professional female has actually had advantages for me because of the focus on diversity and diversifying management and diversifying people in higher up positions. I've actually realized like, I need to use that opportunity as much as I can, right? And mm -hmm. don't be like, oh, I wanna be just like all my male counterparts. Like, no, I've got, you know, I'm a female. You guys, you know, you're all males and there's only a few females. So I have opportunities that you don't have. Mm -hmm. So at first it really bothered me and I was just like, you know, this isn't going to be fun. This is, I'm going to be fighting against this my whole life. But if you look at it as, hey, I've got an advantage, you know, it can be a benefit. So that's one thing I've learned is sometimes it benefits you to be, you know, not the same as everybody else. Mm -hmm. it's, it's refreshing to hear that you've been able to see that, that shift and that there is that focus on diversity and you know, looking back and seeing what my mother went through as a working woman in a highly male dominated environment. And now she's, she struggled with some things that you talked about in terms of being able to go and do the things. And, and I've heard, you know, going to do the same things with the male colleagues. And I've, I've seen that shift in my day. And that's a refreshing thing that it can be, you know, our diversity can be harnessed for good and that we can all benefit from our uniqueness as well and what we bring to the table. Yeah. And just the little things that, that I've noticed, you know, like I don't golf, I don't ever want to golf. <laughs> it used to be that there was a lot of golfing done in public accounting and accounting in general. Um, you know, that's where all the deals were made and the clients were solidified. Um, 
and there was a while there when I was like, I'm going to have to learn to golf and I hate golf. Like, <laughs> And then I finally just kind of got to the point where I'm like, I don't want to golf. I don't want to go golf, right? I'm going to have to do it another way. And as the diversity has shifted, I've also seen the client, my client base was starting to shift and there were more females making those decisions. And I had an advantage in connecting with those female decision makers than my male counterparts did, right? And so I started kind of exploiting that avenue of being able to have those conversations about, you know, being a working woman and taking care of the kids at the same time and all those stresses that come with it. And so it was kind of fun to be on that side of it as the diversity started to shift and and the equality initiatives kind of came out to be like, oh yeah, I'll take that client. I can totally mm-hmm. relate to her, right? Mm-hmm. And my male counterparts were like, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to connect with that client. Um, but one of the one of the books I've read, um, I hope everybody has read it if this is a topic important to them, but it's Lean the Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Mm-hmm. And I think that that book was so enlightening to me. And I actually had a, a colleague, a male colleague, one of the partners suggest it to me. And I'm really glad he did. And he read it too. And that was what impressed me the most. But it, it was just, it was like, yeah, this, this is it. Like she it describes exactly what it's like, right? Where that typical, if you're too aggressive, then you get called a nasty name, right? But if you're too submissive, you don't get what you want. Mm-hmm. Whereas if men are more aggressive, they usually get what they want. If they're more submissive, then they're, you know, just passed over. And so I just, I've always think back to that book of, okay, where's that line, right? I don't, I don't want to be called the B word, but I want to get what I want. And I think for women, it's just a really, really hard balance that takes some trial and error and experiences mm-hmm. to, to figure out how you walk that fine line that society has created. And, and maybe, uh, Angela, if I can share a little bit, um, you know, first of all, tr- trying to channel my wife here a little bit, um, you know, she, she also, uh, is a university, um, instructor, professor, uh, has a doctorate. Um, she, uh, you know, her, her path just looked different than mine. Like I plowed through, I did everything all at once. She took time while having children. Right. And so, our timing was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she put a lot of things on the back burner, right. Uh, for many years because of, of children and everything. Um, she's definitely felt that. And as she started to get more into not only her schooling, but into her career, uh, she's felt, I, I don't know what, what else to call it other than like the mom guilt. So the, 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 that cultural component that you were describing I think is a, is a challenge that a lot of women face. And for her, even though, you know, I'm a professor, I have a pretty flexible, autonomous job. I'm a very involved dad. I, I can help out with, with everything around the house and the children. And I do a lot. Um, so, you know, it, it's a, probably a really good situation for someone to not have to feel that much of that guilt um, or to feel, you know, torn in that way. Yet she absolutely did. Um, and I remember the very first time she decided to go back and, and teach just as a part-time faculty member while being, you know, 80% at home mom, you know, doing a little bit of, of teaching on the slide. And it was a really, really hard step for her to take uh, to get there because she just felt that draw and and she felt the, pr- the public and social pressure uh, mm-hmm. with all of that as well. 
um, now from the, the, the side of the man, the, the spouse, the partner, you know, I've noticed too, like it, it, this, these gendered stereotypes, these gendered norms and the way, um, you know, the, how society is gendered in this way, it can negatively impact women. It also can negatively impact men. And uh, not to make this about me, that's not what I'm trying to do. But, you know, there were, there have been many times over the years where um, I've had people directly tell me to my face that I'm too much of a family man to be considered, you know, for this or that or the other, because they know I'm an involved dad. They know that I'm um, priority, prioritizing my family first and foremost. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm pretty productive. I'm, I'm pretty accomplished. I think <laughs> not to toot my own horn too much. And I, I think, I think I am, you know, capable and yet, you know, I feel like I'm being, um, not allowed an opportunity because of that, which is really kind of the flip side of the coin, right. To what yes. you were describing from the female, um, perspective, uh, either way, it, it, it's something that we just need to get rid of, um, it doesn't help the organization because uh, they lose out on good people. Uh, it doesn't certainly doesn't help the people that are, are experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, like your example with the partner, you know, talking about business trips and such, you know, that is so, that's gotta be so demoralizing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, 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 to just come to that realization and to just, you know, like I, I really, I, I have this huge uphill battle um, now you've, you've weathered that really well. It sounds like you had a really um, good, positive, uh, approach to dealing with it. Uh, but you know, how, how did you, how did you handle either the blatant discrimination that you may have received over time, or even the subtle things, the microaggressions, the, like you said, just being expected to take notes in a meeting or being expected to clean up the food after a meeting, or, you know, some of those types of things that probably nobody in the room is thinking about, but they just kind of assume that you'll just do it. Um, all that kind of stuff that's got to be so frustrating. How have you dealt with that over the years to remain positive and to leverage, um, you know, your femaleness as an uh, asset? You know, at first I, I, it used to anger me and I used to be like trying to, to, to not be, not be female, right. Trying to fit in, um, and, want to do the golf, want to do the, you know, understand what was going on in the sports field to have those conversations. And then at some point, um, I don't know when it was exactly, but I just know like over time, I just realized like, that's fine. Like, let it go, let that go and just channel your energy into being the best of the group right? So the people that I was competing against and my colleagues, it's like, hey, it doesn't matter these little things, but what you do have, which clients you do have, whether they're female or male or whatever, you just be the best, right? So that there's no choice except for them to recognize you, not because you're female, not because they're male, but just you are the best performer. And that's really where I kind of directed my efforts is just like, you know, culture is what it is. And it's going to take a lot more than just me to change that. Um, So I just have to prove that I am competent and I am extremely competent and have the soft skills, have the presentation skills, have the credentials behind me um, to be able to back that up. And if 
I get a foot in the door because, you know, I'm female and they're trying to diversify, then I'll take it. I'll take that as a win. Mm -hmm. Um, but really just being totally and completely competent so that there's, there's no question and it doesn't come down to, and if, if somebody's discriminated against me and I don't know about it, it is what it is. And another opportunity has opened and, you know, a door has opened that, and I don't even know, you know, that they did that, but I'm sure it's happened more than I know. What about pay gap? Is that an area that you've noticed anything and how have you, how have you faced that one? When, when you know that there's a, you know, there's a little bit of a differentiation. Yeah, I, I just kind of assume that there's always a pay gap issue on a gender basis. Um, you know, some of my employers have been really good about, you have no idea because nobody knows what the, the ranges are and who's got what unless you talk. And, and I didn't like to get into those conversations because they're never productive. Um, but I just kind of assume going in that there just is an inherent bias. And I think it's mostly because, you know, men just are better most of the time at just being like, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Right. And they just seem to, and, it, and it's just, they're good at it and society accepts it. Right. Cause that, that is the stereotype of man is they're, they're, you know, bold and they're aggressive and that's how men are supposed to be. Um, and so I just, I just, again, focus on competency, right? If I'm competent, then, and I know that I've done a great job, then I, I don't have any issues going and asking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just, I've kind of accepted that it's there. Right. And instead of getting mad about it and wasting my energy on, you know, trying to confirm that it's there and how much is it? And I just, I just get what I need and make sure I'm comfortable with what I have and the amount of money I'm making and just have my expectations set from there. Right. So not probably the greatest answer, but I just, I just know it exists and it's, it's going to exist. Well, it sounds like you've, I mean, you've taken your power back by seeing where you have control, where you can be influencing the outcomes and focusing there and then finding the best results from doing that rather than looking outside of what's will take a long time to turn that ship, I think, yes. redirect the, that conversation. But if you had advice talking about turning the ship and, it, you know, as we're making these shifts and changes, and it's been enlightening to hear what you've had to share and also John, and just seeing the shift in how he parents and how he supports as well as a wonderful male ally, uh, what is the advice that you would give to both male and female younger generation coming up through the ranks and, and stepping into this business world? So the advice I'd give to the upcoming females is if you want to work and you have a goal, a professional goal, just go for it. Like try to set aside the cultural norms, try to set aside the cultural bias, try to set aside those silly comments that come your way and just go for it. I I will say that, you know, when people ask me, why, why do you work? Right. The answer I always give them is it's not about the money for me. That's a perk but it has just always been, I needed something that was mine because when you're a mom and even a woman, you give so much of yourself to everything else around you and everybody else around around you. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I need something that's mine. And that has been my professional career. So if that's what you want and that's what you need, great. Maybe it'll change down the road. Maybe it won't, 
but while you have it, you know, go for it and your kids will be fine. Kids are resilient. We don't give them enough credit, right? They're going to be fine. They're not going to know any different. Um, for the male, you know, side of be supportive, whoever it is in your life that's going for that professional goal, just be supportive. Find out where you can support them. If that's more at home, if that's more, I don't know, you know, flexibility in your job, just, just be supportive. That's all, all you can do. And always have, you know, always have that female colleagues back and look at them for their competence and not for their gender. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's the advice I would give. Yeah. John, do you have any more questions? Um, I do. I have lots, but I also know the time <laughs> and I know that we're going to have to let you go so you can get on with your busy day here in, in just a bit. Um, so maybe we'll have to put a pin in it for today, but, uh, we'd love to have you back at some point and we can continue the conversation mm -hmm. before we wrap things up for today. Cami, uh, just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience, how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, uh, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yep. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, just look up Cami Lynn Ball on LinkedIn, Cami Ball, and it should be on there. Um, or you can reach out to me personally on my personal email and that's K-A-M-I-B-A-L-L at hotmail.com, which shows you how old I am because I still have a Hotmail account. Um, but yeah, this is a topic that, you know, I'm passionate about and want all of, all of the working women out there to succeed and not feel that mommy guilt and you know go for what they want so if anyone wants to connect i'd be happy to talk with anyone wonderful thank you so much cami it's been a pleasure we encourage everyone in the audience to reach out get connected find out more about what cami is up to uh, find out what she can do for you and as always we hope everyone can stay healthy and safe you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day and we hope you all have a great week Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.